Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 100. Woo! Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? You are at the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. You know how we do it by listening to those stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful professionals. Uh, This is episode 100. Thank you guys all so much for making it possible. Uh, It's been such a journey and uh, I feel like we've only just begun, which is the most exciting part. Uh, Thank you guys all who have been out there to help me uh, make this show possible for suggesting guests for being guests i mean i couldn't do it without my incredible guests and if if you were a past guest and you're listening to this thank you so 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 much from the bottom of my heart um if you guys can think of another guest that can keep this show going you can tweet at me at eric cacciatore or just find me on facebook slash restaurant unstoppable uh, also always just shoot me an email too that's always a an option, uh, and that is Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. And as always, those five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, uh, thank you so much. That really is, does help getting uh, some recognition and helping with my rankings. And if you have left a review, thank you so, so much. So I have a great show for you today, and I will not keep you waiting any longer. Here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Marnie Swedberg. Marnie, how are you today? I'm great, and how are you doing? I am terrific. Thank you for asking. Are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't wait. I'm just going to give a quick introduction, Marnie, and I'll pass it over to you. Uh, Marnie is the owner, or sorry, is the author of 12 books, a speaker, online mentor, owner-manager of a retail store and online business. So why is she on the show? Well, she also, on top of all of this, is the proprietress of two family restaurants, M&K Takeouts and Over Coffee Expresso's Cafe. Uh, her business strategies have been shared on ABC, CBS, uh, the Chicago Times, Houston's Chronicle, and USA Today. Uh, I don't know how you juggle all these responsibilities and liabilities in life, but I have a feeling we're going to find out. Uh, <laughs> that's just a quick introduction of who you are and what you've accomplished and what you've got going on. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you and to kind of give us the, the full serving of you know, what, you, what you are and what, you, what you're doing with all these different things today. Well, Eric, I think I want to start by saying thank you for having me. And it's so fun to have all of you guys here listening, whether you're listening, you know, to live or recorded afterwards or whatever. And I think I want to start by just using a phrase that I always say, is that when God strung together your three billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way. So each of you are completely unique, and I'm unique. And so when I'm talking the rest of this interview here, Make sure that you start thinking about how this would relate to how you would do it instead of listening to how money would do it. You want to listen to how you might apply some idea or some concept that's worked for me in your situation because every situation, every person is completely unique. 
And I would say, Eric, that if we don't be fully us, then nobody will be us. The world will just be missing that. And so as I go forward, let's just remember that you're you, I'm me, and we're all here to do specific things that if we don't do them, they won't get done. Because, uh, Eric, you're the only one that can do this podcast in this exact way. Whoa. And so when you ask, how come I do what I do and why am I doing this so much, it's because, honestly, I'm built to be a jet plane. I go fast and furious, and then <laughs> every once in a while, I'm flat out on the tarmac, and I'm resting, <laughs> but when I rest, I fully rest, and when I go, I fully go. And so somebody who is a gondola or maybe a, a bicycle or a speed race car or somebody isn't going to be the same as me, but they're going to get a lot done in their own way, and it's going to be beautiful, and you're going to be filling the niche in the world that you were created to fill. So... So when I talk about how, how come I'm doing so much stuff and how do I do it all, one thing is I'm built that way. That's just how I'm built. I love to be busy. And I would say built to be busy. So and when I this, love to play the lap. When did this <laughs> so. race car jet engine uh, person called Marnie get into the restaurant industry? Well, I, uh, my mom would have told you that I never should have because when I was a teenager, I had to take a turn every week cooking, and apparently my meals were horrible. <laughs> 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 she was the main one surprised when later on I went on to write a cookbook. So what happened was in the middle of that, because of how I learned, I really was forced to figure out how to do food quickly and have it taste good and do it economically because in our setting at the time, we were serving, I was serving over 100 guests in our home every month, and I had to do it on a very tight budget amidst other things that the of my time, including homeschooling our kids. So I had to figure out ways to do food fast and have it taste fantastic and look great. And so people started asking me, Eric, how do you do that? How do you do that? And in response, I interlibrary loaned over 200 books that explained how I was, what I was doing in the kitchen to make this work. And I couldn't find anybody that was doing what I was doing in the kitchen. And so along the way with those 200 books, I found some that were really poorly written. And as I got going along, I thought, you know, really, I could do better than this. I could actually write a book and get it published because I could do better than some of these. And so I put together a book and pitched it to a bunch of publishers, St. Martin's Press in in, uh, New York, picked it up, and it was published as Marnie's Kitchen Shortcuts in 1996. It went on to multiple printings, and in 2012 came out as a revised and updated version. So this book kind of was the launch. And so when we looked at buying a restaurant, which was my husband's idea, um, I said, I've never even worked in a restaurant, but I know about the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So let me just go observe. That's what I did. I went and I watched for one day. I watched everything that happened for one day in that restaurant. And I walked away and I said, okay, I can learn this. I don't know it, but I can learn it. And that's how I got my start in restaurants. Awesome. I mean, it's it comes up time and time again. Some of the best places to go and learn are from other restaurant professionals. And if you just take that time to be a student first and just to absorb and just take the advice of those who have came first, you can really uh, – get ahead of other people, but you have to be willing to admit you don't have all the answers and be willing to learn. Um, and I also love how you mentioned you have to be your own unique self. And that's one of the things that comes up time and time. My guests, they all don't try to be anybody but themselves. And when you are yourself, you become the best version of whatever it is you're trying to do. And you attract those who resonate with you. Um, but if you're always trying to be something different, you won't be happy um, and really, at the end of the day, to be successful, you have to, to be yourself. What would you say about that? 
Absolutely. I just can't agree enough. I think that the biggest mistake people make is listening to somebody like me or somebody else and going, I want to be just like them. Instead of saying, I want to be just like you or I want to do it just like you, you would say, how can I make, take what they're doing and make it work for me? Awesome. Because when you combine great advice with your personal approach to life, your gifts, your strengths, your weaknesses, your character qualities, all those kinds of things, you're going to come up with the most unique solution that the world's been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And you're the only one that can do it for us. I love it. So before we get into the interview, we've gotten to know you a little bit. Can I have you share with us a success quote or mantra to get that motivational ball going? Absolutely. I actually wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago called Feeling Love, Connecting with God in the Minutes You Have. Because so many people like, are too busy in love. I don't know how to you know, connect with God in my busy life. And in it, I have a section of my favorite affirmations. And uh, this is kind of what you're going for here is to encourage people to have these in your head, to have quotes in your head that you can pull up when you need them. And I have a ton of quotes in my head that I pull up when I need them. One of my favorites is, in this moment, I have everything I need. Just just feel that, Eric. Mm-hmm. In this moment, I have everything I need. And, you know, a lot of times we get discouraged that we can't see how we're going to do something tomorrow or later today or next year. But if we keep coming back to the truth that in this moment, I have everything I need. There's so much peace and calm that can come from that one mantra, from that one affirmation. And there's so many more like that. I just encourage you, if you haven't really adopted affirmations and mantras into your lifestyle, you need to do that. You need to just, what I do, it's usually uh, once a month or even sometimes a whole year, I will have a statement like that everywhere. I'll have it on the front of my computer, on the microwave on the mirror in the bathroom, and I would adopt a new one. And for that year or however long it takes me to really get it down deep into my spirit, I just study that and I say it and I see it a lot. I love it. I mean, that that those few simple words, in this moment, I have everything I need. Like, that, what that says to me is in order to get started, you just need to have the faith and just to know that it's all up to you and just start. Like, you have everything you need to get started right now. Um, what's stopping you? And as soon as you accept, you know, if you think you can't do it, then you're you're right, you can't. But if you think you can, then you you will. Um, it's really powerful. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. So the first question I have for you, Marnie, uh, is what is it about you that makes you successful? If you could narrow it down to like maybe one or two things, your it factors, or maybe it's more things. What is it that makes you successful? You know, it's interesting. You, you told me you're going to ask me this question in advance. I had some time to think about it. And I, I really came down to extreme faith in God. And um, everybody will have their own here. In fact, all of you who are listening to me, if you have your own restaurant or you're thinking about getting your own restaurant, you've had extreme faith in something so far. Um, in your own skills and talents, in the support of other people, in a financial um provider, you want to faith in something. And I think that for me, the thing that probably is the critical factor of my life, my it factor is that I have extreme faith in God. And so that is um, probably like the biggest thing you could ever have faith in is, uh, you know, God is, that gives me a lot of uh, energy, a lot of faith to believe that in this moment I have everything I need, and a lot of, um, I don't know, just confidence to go forward and be fully me. Because I figure, you know, if God created me this way, there must be a reason for that. 
Mm-hmm. Is that the only it factor you have, or are you going to share any more with us? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we can go on and on. Uh, the first couple that I had written down before I got down to that one was um, gratitude. I think just living with an attitude of gratitude makes a tremendous difference. And then another one is servant leadership. I totally believe in not just leading by power, but by leading by coming alongside and even sometimes coming under my team and uh, just being being willing to do whatever whatever it takes. Awesome, Marnie. I love it. I mean, you talk about your faith in God, but no matter what your religion, I believe if you if you have that positive energy and you're grateful, if you have that gratitude, like you said, and you're constantly putting that positive energy out into the world and just serving other people and being good to other people, that positive energy will come back to serve you. And I mean, what would you have to say about that? Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. And I think that you can just basically go with, you know, if you study the law of attraction or anything like that, there are basic principles of laws mm-hmm. that are built into the universe, into the world. And if you ignore them or if you break them, you will have the consequences of them. But if you live by them, you will have the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes a difference. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned gratitude and uh, service or servant leadership. Uh, those topics come up time and time again and are definitely contributing factors to what makes people successful in this industry. But can you share with us a specific time that what, you know, whether it would be your faith or your gratitude or your servant leadership, can you bring us to a, a time, a story where these it factors served you in getting to the next level in your career? I think so. And, you know, some of you who are listening, you'll say, well, I know something like that happens to me, and I don't have extreme faith in God, but something like what I'm going to share with you now happens to you, too, and that's great, and that's not a, um, there's no, uh, there's no judgment or differentiation there. My life is extreme faith in God, and one of the things that I do is whenever I need something, I just ask him for it, okay? So uh, when we first bought the restaurant, and this is the first business, uh, like brick-and-mortar business that we had bought, and so we were, like, watching every dollar and really kind of, you know, we got up the money a lot. And we needed to buy a taco station. So what happened is they, the previous owners had gotten written up twice by the health inspector for not having their meat hot enough and their cold stuff cold enough because they didn't have the right equipment. But the piece of equipment we needed uh, back in uh, 2002 was a $17,000 taco station. Well, we didn't realize that before we bought it. And so $17,000 wasn't available to, you know, throw around. And so um, we just asked. We just asked God, you know, we just need a taco station. <laughs> and so uh, then my husband had the idea that there was this closed down taco place the city over, and they just checked with them if they had any used equipment available. So I did. And the guy was so happy to hear from me. And he said, really? He said, I have a taco station, and I'd love for you to get it out of there. He said, the only thing is you'd have to, you'd have, to have the uh, electrical cap. And I said, well, we could do that. How much are you looking for? And he said, well, would $700 be okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a $17,000 almost brand new taco station, which is still working like a dream for us all these years later, for $700 plus electrical. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing happens all the time. One morning we were praying because we really needed two adults. Uh, two adult workers to come and work for us. We were just short two teenagers, and we needed them right away. And that afternoon, a lady came into the front door, and she said, she said, you know, I have two daughters, and these girls were adults. I have two daughters who are looking for work right now. And she said, I have looked at your business, and I think out of all the places that they could work in this city, I'd like them to work for you. 
giving me openings. So I was able to hire two amazingly mm-hmm. excellent employees at once on the same day because I asked. So a lot of my faith results in, you know, truly results in outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love that one. For servant, for servant leadership, one of my practices at the restaurant is to walk in the back door, and if everybody's busy serving customers or making food, and nobody's available to talk to me, but I can't see anything specific that I can do to help them in the moment, and there's a pile of dishes, I always just start doing dishes. Yeah, and well, that is my practice. I've done my practice since 2002, and I do that because I want to communicate. There is nothing in this business that I'm too good to do. You can ask me to help you in any way you need. Oh, man, that's all such incredible advice, Marnie. And, I mean, I just love what you're saying, and it, it really reminds me of Napoleon Hill. And <clears throat> are you familiar with – I'm sure you are with yeah. all the work you've done. Mm-hmm. But he wrote uh, Think and Grow Rich, and one of the things he says in his book is if you just start and you continually work – in towards whatever goal it is that you have, uh, the natural laws will bring to you whatever you need. Uh, but if you do all those things right and you put out that positive energy and people know and you're good to others and people know what you're trying to accomplish, and the, if you put out that positive energy, it will come back to you in whether it be faith or whether it be whatever, you will get the things you need to become successful. But the key thing is, is you got to pull that trigger, like we said before, and just start and, uh, yeah, real powerful stuff. I loved all those stories. Thank you for sharing them with us. Now that we've heard your success stories of and how these it factors apply to those successes, can you tell us about a time you failed and just fell hard on your butt? <laughs> and like, what did you learn from this experience, and how did you overcome it? Well, I'm going to tell you a story that happened a long time ago, but um, this happens all the time. If you're <laughs> if you're still learning and growing, just always envision yourself as a toddler learning to walk in a new category in your life. And every time you trip or fall or, you know, <laughs> or flat out, just remember, okay, that's okay, I'm just learning. And in fact, this happens so much when you are an entrepreneur that you really need to define it. And so my husband and I actually define it by college credit uh, dollars. So if you're going to pay, let's say, $2,000 for credit to get your um, college, let's say that this mistake costs $5,000. Well, then we say, well, that was two and a half credits <laughs> because otherwise you just cry every time you make a bad mistake and you just can't get past it. So this has helped us to just embrace the learning. You're going to make some mistakes and it's going to be costly. So you know what? A lot of people go to college for $100,000 and never use their degree. Mm-hmm. You know that whatever you're learning here, you're going to be able to apply it and to use it in the future for profit. So it's great investment if you look at it that way. I want to take us back to shortly after we bought uh, the restaurant. And, of course, like I said, this was our first brick and mortar business to own. And I was depressed. I I got really down, Eric. uh, First of all, I was working too much. And, of course, when you have a new baby or a new business, that's how it goes. You don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, This baby, this business cries all the time. They're needy. They can't do anything without you. Uh, you're it. If you don't feed them, they die. So uh, you, when you have a new business, you're just going to be tired. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. But what happened with me is that I'm a worse of encouragement person. And because we had bought a failing business that was really running the ground, the people who came in every day complained. They were complaining and complaining and complaining. And we couldn't do anything fast enough. 
completing them. It was just complaint after complaint. So not only was I working really hard and long hours, and we were remodeling the building while we were open mm -hmm. and hiring Chinese employees as I was learning how to run a restaurant, but then people were complaining at me all the time. So and sorry. I really, I really hit a rock bottom point where I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't cope with it anymore. And my sister talked to me and she said, Marnie, first of all, you're tired. You're really tired. You have to get sleep. And I said, well, I'm not tired. I'm, I don't even feel tired right now. She said, you're so overtired, you don't even notice. And this is a huge one, you guys. Usually when emotional distress comes upon you, you're either tired or hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those are so simple to fix. But it's a principle that if you will just learn it, it will help you in numerous ways. So she said you... the second thing Sorry, is there's something that is corroding your spirit. And I said, well, I know what it is. It's the complaint. Okay. And she said, she said, let's let's fix that. So we prayed about it, and I came across uh, uh, help for that very shortly after from Bill, Bill Marvin, who I'm going to recommend to you as a guest on your show. He's the restaurant doctor. Okay. And he actually gave us statistics. He gave us statistics that was good. When you get one complaint, there are 20 people who didn't complain to you. This person who's complaining to you is voiced with the opinion of 19 other people who are too polite to say it. Mm -hmm. So every time somebody complains to you, thank them. Back to gratitude again. Thank them. And just say, oh, thank you so much for telling me that because we really want to do it right. And, you know, Eric, I really adopted that immediately, and it changed my entire attitude. It, I needed the rest, and I got the rest, and then I went back at it, and I changed how I received the negative input. And still to this day, when someone complains about something, which is very rare now, we not only thank them, but we, of course, refund their money or give them an alternative, and we give them a small thank you gift for thanking us. So, for instance, if we mess up their... You know, soft shell taco. We'll say, don't just grab a free pop today on us. Thanks so much for letting us know. We just appreciate it. We try to do our best for you. Thanks so much. And you guys, we have a huge opportunity when people complain to turn it around and to help them. And whenever you're really down and out, just check on check on two things first. Have you had enough sleep? Have you had enough food? And nourishment, really, not just food, but nourishment. And then beyond that, what is corroding your soul? And when you can identify that and fix it, you'll find that you have brand new energy again. Wow, Marnie, uh, that was a great story. I mean, we really, you brought us to the moment and we learned that your failure was, you know, you didn't listen and you let that negativity of those complaints get to you. And uh, you gave us great advice that you you received from Bill Marvin and uh, that advice was just to listen. And uh, those complaints will go away over time if you listen and you act on those uh, pieces of advice. And so often, I mean, just like Danny Meyer says, um, you write the end of the story. And sometimes all it takes to write the end of the story and to make a bad experience into a good experience is simply listening. Very powerful. And if you guys haven't heard of Hum, Hum is a great service that allows you to survey your guests while they're in your restaurant. And like you say, Marnie, 19 out of 20 people don't have the courage or they're too polite to say something. So this is a great chance for you to tap into those minds and to gather all this information. Um, so very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we have jumped to the part of the show that I've dubbed Knowledge Bombs, Marnie. And you're just going to drop some big ol' bombs of knowledge uh, on us. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first question I have for you is what is your best advice for funding a restaurant? 
I'm going to give you kind of a weird one. Um, find a foundation. We use the Northwest Minnesota Foundation, and I think that your local um, SBA, your Small Business Administration, would be expected to ask for someone like this. But even though they gave us a loan that was or had a little bit higher interest rate, what they came with that loan was consulting services. And I believe we would be out of business if we hadn't had the consulting services. A lot of us focus only on the money at the beginning. Don't forget that you need some help. You need some help from a restaurant consultant, from a financial consultant, from a QuickBooks, how to use QuickBooks or whatever you're going to use. Get the loan that has some consulting with it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, it's not very often that we have somebody mention getting loans because a lot of times people say don't get loans, stay away from them. But if you use those services and those resources for all they are and you do get the help um but many times people say invest in a consultant you can kill two birds with one stone there so if you make yeah if you make the most of these resources and don't just go to banks for only the money but for their business advice it could be very powerful that's great advice the next question i have for you marnie is what advice do you have for hiring great people you want to look for people who can develop into team leaders or managers so a lot of people hire the dishwasher for the qualities of a dishwasher. I hire a dishwasher for the qualities of a team leader so that they come in at that level and they don't stay there long because they move directly up and out of that position. Then you're like, oh, but then I'd have to hire another dishwasher. Right. What a beautiful thing. So uh, just look for the person. Usually they're going to be very young and uh, they are going to be able to develop into a wonderful leadership for you and you're giving them their first opportunity and they're grateful for the rest of their life. Awesome. And the other thing, too, which is worth mentioning, when people get promoted and they have a chance to grow and get those better jobs, it makes them feel better. So it's another way to give back by just making them feel like they're developing with you and your restaurant. So that's awesome advice. Thank you. Um, The next question I have for you, Marnie, when you find good people, what's your advice for keeping them on your team? Well, just like we said a moment ago, allowing a person to develop and grow within their position is a huge reason why people stay with a company. If somebody ever feels like they're at the top or dead-ended, they will tend to become more dissatisfied. But also above that, uh, gratitude and servant leadership. I think that they know that you're on the team with them, not over them, and that you are grateful that they show up and that they do their job. Uh, Just a lot of affirmation. Awesome. The next question I have for you, Marnie, is what advice do you have on how to lead in such a busy environment in uh, an environment that's so dependent on teamwork my uh, analogy is sled dog team <laughs> so if you think about a sled dog team you've got like 12 dogs all pulling the same sled right mm-hmm. and they have to do it in tandem if they if one of them trips the whole thing is in trouble and you definitely have an alpha male dog i mean you have the alpha leader dog there and that's definitely setting the pace turning first, all these things. But that alpha dog also has to stay in pace with the rest of them or they all pile up and it's a mess. So that's my idea of leadership is, yeah, you got, you got to be the alpha dog, but keeping stuff with it. Don't, don't be running ahead or running over people or leaving them behind. Awesome. So basically just leading by example. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Lead by example. And it's not – I mean, I, I manage my restaurants from home. I do not manage on-premise. So it's not like they can watch me all the time. But when we, when I am with them, when I train, when I hire, I definitely hire in the type of people that are going to be able to lead the way that I would lead. Mm-hmm. How do you have the discipline to always lead by example? 
But first of all, you don't always. Um, there's nobody that's just going to every single day of their life get up and be, you know, a superhero uh, for their staff. But the reality is that every day I expect and desire and long for my staff to come and put their game face on even when they are not feeling like it. And this is a huge thing in life. I mean, we are in, we are in customer service business. If, if your team is down or uh, exhausted or sad or whatever, the customers really feel that. And one of the reasons why we have a successful restaurant is because when people come in, we make their day. <laughs> you know, we really do. And you can't do that by being down and low. So one of the highest motivations for me to put my game face on when I don't feel like it is because I expect my staff to. And we really can't be two-faced like that. If you're going to expect your team to do it, you better do it first. Awesome. And I feel like we just went full circle because earlier today or earlier in this interview, you were talking about how you – you know, to be good to others and to serve others and to be positive. And if you can be positive to others and serve others, um, they will be happier and, and it will come back to serve you because if you're having a down day, but you're always positive and you lead this positive environment, they'll bring you back up. And then ultimately, like we say, it's a service industry. If they're happy, they're going to make your guests happy. They'll make you happy. And when they're having a downtime, you can be that person to come back around and pick them up. So I love it. It's, it's all great stuff. The next question I have, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your best you know, resources that you can suggest for us. Is, is there a book out there or a website or a magazine that you would suggest to anybody who just needs to be the best they can be in their restaurant? I always recommend the E-Myth, the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And the reason I do is because if you were to sum that up into one sentence, it would be run your restaurant as if you were going to become a chain, a restaurant chain. And if you will take the time to do the work of having everything very clearly detailed, laid out so easily that anybody could walk in and learn it, that any high schooler could walk in and learn the job and do it well, what's going to happen is that your team is going to be able to have enough flexibility uh, in the stress, you know, de-stress, less stress environment mm-hmm. that they will be able to truly serve people and enjoy their job. Whereas if you're always going to run it like an entrepreneur with one individual restaurant, uh, it's going to be stressful because you're the one that has to answer all the questions. You're the one that has to make all these decisions. You're the one that has to correct people when they're not doing it the way you wanted them to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love the ebook, uh, the email um, theory is that just, you know, take the time to run it as if you're going to be a, a big change. And then, you know, maybe somebody will. Now, Marty, you mentioned how it's important to run a business like this because it reduces stress. But what else can running your restaurant like a chain do for you? You know, there's so much. Um, so because I manage off-premise, I had to do that even before I read the email. I just think that he does a wonderful job of explaining exactly how to do it. But once you have the systems in place that make everything consistent, then you have the ability to truly delight your customers. When I'm training my new team, I say the reason that we have everything exactly the same all the time is so, A, the customer knows what to expect, and they can ask for more or less. So let's say we're making a pizza, and the next time the customer comes in, they say, I, I want less pizza sauce. Well, the only way we can know what less is, is if we have the standard very clearly identified. 
that's how it works in all of the entire business. You cannot please the customer unless they can actually tell you that I want it different from the normal, and we all know what the normal is and what the difference is. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, you know, extra cheese means uh, about this much, you say extra cheese on a 14-inch pizza means four ounces or however much you're going to do. You have it all itemized out. You have your opening and closing routine exactly down. So when somebody misses something, they know they missed it. They know that they didn't do it because that's on the list. They didn't do it. Um, so that there's no... Uh, it really reduces it reduces your need to be the bad guy as a manager or owner because the list is the bad guy. You know, I looked at the list and I saw that your name was here, but I don't see it done. You know, all of a sudden you're not the bad guy. The list is the bad guy, and the employee has to go, yep, I didn't do it, sorry, you know? Because of these processes and systems, would you say there's you have a better semblance of balance between work and family? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think that I think they're having everything everything orchestrated in such a way that anybody can run it. You know, I mean, I can go out of town for six weeks at a time, and my businesses will run without me. Um, when I'm here, I'm busy in my businesses because I choose to be, but they can run without me. So, absolutely, it provides tremendous freedom. Awesome. Yeah. The reason why I ask is a lot of the times what I'm getting at is a lot of my guests will say that one of their challenges you felt you shared with us one of your challenges, but many times the challenge is not having that semblance of a balance between work and family. And when you can put these systems in place, you can start focusing on the, your family and the other things that matter to you in your, in your life. So, um, I mean, do you want yeah. to, can you add anything to that? Yeah. And I think that, I think that being an entrepreneur is so different from having a job. Um, a job, you actually do distinguish. You have very clear lines of demarcation. You say, I work here till five o'clock, then I leave. I go home and I do my family. Okay. But I think that for an entrepreneur, your, your business is more like a baby. Honestly, it's not, it's not as high on the hierarchy list of things important in your life as a child. But yet, it's like a child in that you would never say to your, your physical child, you would never say, oh, you were in a car wreck? Well, I'm working now. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. can't help you. <laughs> you, know? yeah. uh, you, would, you would do whatever it takes. If they needed you, you would do whatever it takes to get to them. And in the same way, a business does tend to be more like a child in that way, where uh, as the owner, it's your responsibility. There is no one else at the end of the day who is going to take that responsibility. It's going to be you. And so it does, it does tend to fuzz the line, but that's okay. The most important thing is that you do find how much of time you want to put into it regularly and get it down to that. And then, of course, there's emergencies. But what, what do you really want? Do you want to be there 12 hours a day? Because some owners do. Mm -hmm. Maybe like me, I only want to be there an hour a day. You know, awesome. that's how much I want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. thank you for sharing that. And uh, we did go a little bit deeper into the question, but you're sharing such awesome advice. I really wanted to dive deep on that subject of just how important processes can be. Um, so the next question I have for you, Marnie, is on the topic of marketing. I mean, if you could just give us one piece of marketing advice, what would it be? Well, I'm going to assume that you have a good location. Um, because if you have a poor location, if, you're, if your restaurant is just down a side street with no traffic, um, I'm going to encourage you to get a different location. So I think out of all the marketing pieces, you could change location is number one. And then beyond that, the second greatest marketing piece you can do is have excellent service. And I'm, I don't, I can't even overstress this enough because what happens, and my concern kind of comes out of it in a different way in the email 
you know, for, but in specifically thinking about a restaurant, what I see is that restaurant owners will kind of depend on their marketing instead of focusing on excellence. Mm -hmm. So I've got this new campaign going, therefore I don't have to pay attention to whether my staff treating people like gold and every item coming out of the kitchen hot and perfect and laid out properly. You know, you tend to um, think too highly of marketing in place of doing the main job of it because, honestly, your best marketing ever, 10 to 1, is word of mouth, always. Absolutely. I mean, you hit the, the nail on the head. I, I have nothing to add to that could put more value to what you just shared with us. Thank you. Um, so the next question I have for you, Marnie, is you know, with all these new technologies and the industry evolving so fast, are there any technologies you're using in your restaurants or, or just even in your life as an entrepreneur that can help you be more effective and efficient or, you know, even ultimately more profitable? Absolutely. Um, if you go to marty.com, on the left side, there's a link to resources and there's free stuff, get free stuff. And in your free stuff, I've got some of the tools that I use all the time, like my TV template, um, a 30-second 30, 30 prioritization calculator for times when you really cannot decide what you should spend your time mm-hmm. investing in. This is going to really help you. There's a time management tool there. As far as technologies, I use... Um, I personally use Google Calendar, and that syncs with the um, schedule count, um, scheduling tool that I use called SuperSAS. It's S-U-P-E-R-S-A-A-S, SuperSAS.com. One uh, favorite developed this one, and we use it for all of our businesses. All use it so that it, it tracks with the Google Calendar. We can see what everybody's doing for projects. It's really a super tool that we use. And then um, at both the store and the restaurant, we have um, POS systems, point of sale systems, which really helps with time clocks, with cores, all that kind of things. If you don't have a POS yet, you need to get one. Mm-hmm. And I think both are maybe my main ones. Okay, if you could go back in time to the Marnie, the, the version of Marnie when you were just opening your first restaurant, and you could give that version of yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Just <laughs> this. You are always, always, always on candid camera. (laughs) No matter what anybody says to you, no matter what anybody does in your restaurant, no matter what an employee says to you or comes in looking like or whatever, your response is always, as an owner or manager, your response is always on candid camera, and you just need to remember that. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And if there was any question I could have asked you that you believe would have provided more value to this interview, what would it be? I was hoping that we could talk just a lot about having reviews with employees because uh, remember we talked earlier in the conversation about them needing to feel like they had upward mobility, like they were being trained and prepared for the next level and that they were hoping them to move up in your company. And one of the things that I decided early on when we bought our restaurant was that I didn't want to do a six-month review like a normal boss would. In fact, I tell all of my new employees that there will be no criticism or correction at their six-month review because if I ever have an issue with them, I'm going to deal with it in the moment. If I hear about it from somebody else, I'll deal with it within 24 hours or as soon as I get back. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is that when we get to our six-month review, I, I personally, now I only, I have less than 40 people, so I can do this, but I personally take each person out for lunch. <laughs> takes me a while. I take each person out for lunch, and we spend one hour talking about whatever we want 
with zero corruption, nothing. All I do is I start off by saying, let's get the business out of way. First of all, as far as your pay rate, you start here, you're going here. As far as your work at the store or restaurant or whatever, um, you're doing great. This is what people are saying about you. They like to work with you or whatever I need to say there. If there was a correction that recently happened, I will mention it. You know, I talked to you about this a couple months ago. You have really turned that around. Awesome. Now, for the rest of the hour, we can talk about anything we want. Awesome. Eric, I can't even tell you how wonderful it is to be friends with all of my employees. And people say it's impossible to do, but I say, no, it's not. It's the best possible world. It's so important to invest that time into really getting to know your employees and making them feel like, not necessarily feel like, it's true that you, know, you letting them know that you care about what's going on with them. It's so important. And most, most managers and owners simply really don't see a way to find time to do it. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. Awesome. That's a great piece of advice. And the next time you, or, you know, going forward when you're doing these reviews, these are uh, you know, biannual or yearly reviews, make that time to just get to know them. Is that what I'm listening? Is that what you're, is, it, is that the most important takeaway from this last piece of, you know, well, advice you're going to leave with us? Well, I think, you know, I think the caveat here again is you better do it your way. It was funny because my husband, when he first got the, the store, he was managing the store and uh, he stepped into an ownership position there and has me managing it. But uh, at first he was doing it and he said, how do you do reviews? So I told him and he tried it. Well, <laughs> that did not work for him at all. Um, it was it was him with women one on one out to lunch for a whole hour and it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, nobody was liking it, you know. Yeah. So I, I can't say that it's the right answer for everybody. It's the right answer for me. And if you hear nothing else from me today, just take the things that work for you and blow the rest away, and you will be so much farther ahead than if you try to adopt everything everybody else is doing that looks good. Awesome, I love it. Um, I've asked all the questions I have for you. You've been an incredible guest. We're going to wrap up the show now. We do that by providing the opportunity to call somebody out. And I think you already did. Uh, but who's one restaurant professional you think would make a great addition to this show? Um, Bill Marvin, the restaurant doctor, for sure. <laughs> yes, Bill Marvin, look out. I am coming after you. I'd love to have you be a, a guest mentor <laughs> here at Restaurant Unstoppable. And I guess um, the last thing we'll do is we'll give you an opportunity to let the folks at home know how they can connect with you if they have any questions, if they're interested in your services. Uh, give everyone at home the best way to connect. If you just go over to Marty.com, it's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, and uh, start by going to the, the free stuff. Stage. And then also, there's management training there, media training, marketing training, um, all kinds of stuff available there. It's a membership program there, so people can either pay, you know, if you buy stuff separately, it's like $3,000, or you can pay 25 bucks a month and get added it whatever month you need it. So that's, uh, that's what I do. I've, I've worked with thousands of leaders from all over the world. It's my pleasure to share everything I know with you and all my friends with you. <laughs> awesome. You were such an incredible guest. You're an amazing mentor. Uh, you are without a doubt unstoppable and i am so grateful to have you here on the show and to learn from you um please do keep in touch and thank you again for all of your time uh thanks eric and thanks everybody have a great day thank you so much marty for coming on the show you rocked uh i mean today's big takeaway is just be the best version of yourself you can be and that's how marty uh came into the show that's the first thing she said is you know, so many people get into this industry and they are trying to focus on a trend or ch- chase a trend. But if you truly want to be great and stand out and be an awesome independently owned restaurant, you need to first know who you are and get that personal 
greatness from yourself and to just have that clarity. And that's just a very powerful uh, piece of advice that she gave us. So thank you so much for sharing that. Like always, guys, you know how to connect with me. Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. I'm out there. I want to hear what you think of the show. Any advice you can give me to make the show better, my ears are opened. Like Marty says, sometimes you just got to listen. And I'm listening, and I'm willing and ready to take your advice, to take this show to the next level. Uh, you can also email me, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. That's all I have for you. Thank you guys so much. Marty, thank you again. Until next time, peace out.